Thank you for listening to our very first episode of How I Met Your Friends. We recently started season three, and as you can tell, we've got a new microphone and better audio recording. So please bear with us for the first episodes of season one as the recording does get better, but we hope you'll stick around and continue through and join us on season three that we're recording right now. So thanks again for listening to How I Met Your Friends. Hi, and welcome to How I Met Your Friends. Three ladies who feel like friends and How I Met Your Mother have a ton in common, so we're making a podcast. (laughs) So first, let's introduce ourselves. We have Kathleen. Hello, I'm Kathleen. I live in Central Oregon, and I am a doula and nature lover, and that's about it. All right, and my name is Julie, and I live in Portland, and let's see here, I'm an editor of books, and I've been obsessed with friends for as long as I can remember, and that's why I want to do this podcast. And then we have Allison! Hi, I am also an editor. Julie and I are friends. We met through our graduate program. And I'm also in Portland. I'm a transplant from Georgia. So, yes, you do detect an ac- accent. And no, it's not cute. Thanks. <laughs> um, I'm not as familiar with friends, but I kind of have a love-hate relationship with it. But I love how I met your mother. So I'm just tagging along for the ride here. It's going to be fun. So, Kathleen, let's talk just a little bit about our obsession with friends. And that is why... We are friends because we met through a different business and someone said, you guys should talk because you both love this show. Yeah, and it was kind of like love at first quote. Um, So, (laughs) How you doing? (laughs) We went through a really quick, I love friends, you love friends, I'm a Rachel, I'm a whatever. Um, And we spent probably... 45 minutes that night just talking about friends and uh, so that that kind of started it for us Um, and from there we actually became real friends you know the kind that hang out and make plans together Um, and yeah uh, you know outside of the show friends I genuinely enjoy hanging out with Julie and um, you know just talking about cats and Yeah, so let's talk about the age difference just so we can get it out there so everybody knows what's going on. So I will readily admit that I am 37 and that Friends came on TV in 1994 when I was 13, so I was in 8th grade, and I was obsessed. Um, I actually requested the night off for the series finale while I worked at Barnes & Noble, and I told them if they didn't give it to me that I was not coming into work that night. So there's that. And then, Uh, Kathleen, when was Friends on TV for you? So I am 32, and when Friends came out, I was still in elementary school. But... When Friends ended, it was my senior year of high school, and so kind of through middle school and high school, I caught up, um, 
we didn't have such fancy things as Netflix. You couldn't just sit and watch the entire series in a day. So I would catch reruns. Um, but my senior, my, my high school days, I really felt uh, super connected to the show. Um, so high school for me, but I was late to the game. And Miss Allison? Um, so I'm the baby. I'm 27. I will, I will all be 27 in three days from the recording of this podcast. Happy early birthday! Yay! Um, so I kind of missed the whole fr- uh, friends wave, but um, I was pretty into How I Met Your Mother. It aired from, like, the year before I started high school until I finished, like, college. See? It's so, like, the year yeah. before Kismet. I started high school is the year after I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, so like I I caught like bits and pieces of it on TV while it was airing, and then by the time it came to Netflix, I like watched it three times all the way through. So, so that's kind of the I, so I didn't watch How I Met Your Mother when it first came out. Like 2005 is the year that I moved to Reno and like lost my mind, and so I, I never watched it. And then a boyfriend suggested it, and I told him he was wrong. And then I finally sat down and, like, started from the beginning, and I was like, oh, my God, I love this show. And then, of course, some people started making the, like, oh, no, this, well, no, this stupid roommate that I had for, like, a month was, like, Friends is stupid, but I love how I met your mother. And his girlfriend took him aside in front of me, and she goes, honey, the way you feel about how I met your mother is the way she feels about Friends. And I was like, oh, yeah, (laughs) for sure. So, um, I'm sure we could all talk about ourselves for, you know, the whole hour, but we're not going to. So, we're going to do a quick rundown of things that we noticed from each of the pilot episodes. And just so everyone's aware, spoilers will happen because we think that if you haven't seen Friends all the way through, it's been... It's been 24, yeah, it's been 10 years since it was off the air and like, no, 24 years since it started. I don't do math. Um, And How I Met Your Mother, you know, premiered 13 years ago last month and has been off the air for four. So sorry about your luck. We're going to do some spoilers, but we're not going to like tell you the episode like scene to scene. It's going to be more just things that we noticed about it that are like big takeaways or bigger plot lines that, you know, come up later and how each of the show's plot lines, like, overlap sometimes. Am I... I like borrow. Borrow is the the right word. When I first started Facebook messaging Allison about this, I called it outright stealing. But I'm going to acknowledge that every, every good writer borrows from the writer before them. So, um, let's start there's with... a lot of borrowing. There's a lot of borrowing. So, let's start with Friends, and originally when this episode aired, from what I understand, it was just called The Pilot, but if you go and look at Netflix and the DVD series, it's called The One Where Monica Gets a Roommate. There's also another title for it, um, the, uh... It has to do with Rachel. It's like the wedding, the one with the wedding dress or something ridiculous. Oh, and that's not the one where they all wear their wedding dresses? 
Okay, you do that. And yes, okay, doing that. people who are listening, sometimes we're going to wiki at the same the time. The first one. The first one. The, or the, the one, one where it, it all began. Yeah, the one where it all began. Okay. Oh, yeah, actually. In some random trivia book, I'm pretty sure they do call it the first one. Yeah. So for anyone who's not familiar, every single episode of Friends is called the one where. And so that's like a running you know, gag or whatever with the writers and the producers. Um, Himyum is more, there's just like a, there'll be a one or two word title of the episode. So, um, Wait, they titled the episodes? Oh yeah. How I Met Your Mother still has titled episodes. Like okay. the one where Barney does the, um, thing about his suits. I, or I can't remember what that one is. No, everyone has a, has a title. Um, okay. okay so pilot episode of Friends. Um, besides the fact that we're going to acknowledge that it starts in a coffee shop and is revolves around Central Perk, which if no one else, you know, gets it later, Central Perk, Central Perk, ha 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 ha, that Phoebe says anyway. Did you, know you get that? You know how long it took me to get that? <laughs> right? Do you, is it one of those things where you like kind of don't want to admit that it took you that long? Oh, we're going to talk about some things that it took me nine, well... Maybe like 10 viewings of certain things to catch hidden jokes. Um, so Allison, as the newbie to the friends, the friend diverse, how did you feel about the opening of the pilot? Uh, just like a cold open where people are talking and you're like, who are these people? I don't know. I'm okay with it. Yeah. It feels natural. Okay. So what I liked is you kind of already start to get to, see their personalities a little bit like Monica's telling a story Chandler's telling a story like mm-hmm. Phoebe's weird and Joey it's natural there's no exposition there's no exposition <laughs> <laughs> there there's no dad talking over in the background explaining things yeah. I mean we love you future Ted um so what I really huh do we do we that'll come up later don't worry um <laughs> So what I thought was funny, and I didn't notice it until, like, sitting down and watching it with this, like, critical of an eye, was um, you meet Monica, Chandler, Joey, and Phoebe, like, right away. And then you meet Ross, who alludes to Carol, but you don't meet her. So she's, like, the seventh friend, but not. Which I was like, oh, I I guess I just never, like, noticed that. I think think because he immediately alludes to the fact that he's not with Carol. Yeah. She's not, I don't consider her like the seventh friend. Yeah. It was just more that like she, the illusion though is that she's like, she means she's a really big character. Cause obviously one of them is married cause they're all babies. They're all like 24, 24, 25. Ross like, yeah, he's getting divorced at 26. That's, Sad. He's not 26. That's a lie. He's a grown-ass man. <laughs> um, but I did love looks 35 that uh, Ross is really upset and Monica or somebody says, what should we do? And Joey goes, strip joint! And I'm like, oh, yeah. Barney. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there are a lot of points where you kind of play back on it and we're not going to talk about who's who right now, but yes. Yeah. Um, I, I like the kind of one of the overall themes aside from meet 
the characters is um, big life moments. You know, they're talking about Ross getting a divorce, uh, and within seconds they're going to be talking about Rachel not getting married. Yeah, that was one of the, like, one of my first notes was marriage equals happiness to this, to maybe a few of them, to not everybody, because obviously not Joey, maybe not even Chandler, but Monica's talking about going on a date. Yeah. Ross says, I just want to be married, and Rachel runs in in a wedding dress, and of course Chandler's joke is, and I just want a million dollars. But it's almost like Ross thinks that it's that easy to say, I just want to be married, because marriage equals happiness, and that's yeah. not yeah. true. <laughs> Ma- married person in the room? Uh, no, I'm pretty happy. Okay, good. Hold on, but like backtracking just a little bit. What, what you were saying about like the like the show starting at a place of disruption, like yeah. a disruption in our lives. From a storytelling perspective, though, like that's really interesting because you show how their lives typically work by showing what a disruption is doing, and you're starting from that point of disruption. And How I Met Your Mother does it too because it starts at the point where he meets Robin. That's the disruption right. in his life. It's like this big moment. Well, the disruption is actually Lily and Marshall getting engaged. Yeah, but I feel like that episode, it is about Lily and Marshall getting engaged, but it's more about this is the day I met Robin. Right, right. And also right. Lily and Marshall got engaged. Right. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Kind of but yeah, I, I can see them both as, as like a disruption to yeah. how their lives have been flowing up until that point. And it's, okay, so... There's like a, I, I almost feel like there, aside from the fact that he's sitting down with his kids, there's a very clear distinction that Time at Your Mother revolves around Ted. Mm. And friends, in these opening scenes, it's like, okay, who's going to be the main character? We all learn later that there really is no main character, but that's kind of where my mind was, okay, what's this story about? Yeah, and I do think, so I've I've read things over the years and, like, um, trivia and just articles and whatnot, because the whole, like, they didn't have everybody, you know, cast even right away. Uh, Courtney Cox auditioned for Rachel, and yeah. they brought her in to read, and sh- something that was said, or she read Monica, and she was like, oh, that's actually how I am in, like, real life. I should probably play her. And I do think they actually meant for... Monica to be the more central character because it's her apartment that everybody goes to. It's her brother. And then Chandler, she only knows through her brother. And then Rachel only comes into the picture because she's looking for Monica. Yes, Kathleen. Can we talk about the fact that when Rachel does burst in in her wedding dress and Monica goes to introduce her to everybody, she introduces her. She introduces Rachel to Chandler, who... She should know. Uh, I have... No, I have it written down as, spoiler alert, Monica introduces Chandler as if Rachel doesn't know him. Oh, my Uh, God. I've seen that episode. It's where they're all at a party in, like, college. And, like, Rachel is there and fat Monica is there. Wait, wait. So how many times has Rachel... How many times has Monica introduced Rachel? Because there was a party, but there was also, like, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Oh. I've not seen that There were multiple Thanksgivings where when they were seniors in high school... Ross brings Chandler home because he hates Thanksgiving and hates his parents. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And um, so she meets him when she's a senior in high school and a freshman in college. And that, both Thanksgivings. Right. And then as like a senior slash freshman because they go visit Ross's college to see if they want to go to it. That's, oh, the, that's the party. The party. Okay, yeah. But here's the funny thing about that. Those episodes came so much later that I think 
they didn't care about the continuity of the pilot because they were like, well, now we have to explain how they like all knew each other anyway or something. No, I totally wrote that down. Um, Okay, so let's let's move past this opening scene. We're in the character, or we're in Monica's apartment, about to be Rachel's. And one of the things that I found about this whole scene is that so far I actually felt like Rachel had the most character development because I'm a shoe. I'm a shoe. And what if I don't want to be a shoe? Like, I want to be a hat or a purse. No, I don't want you to buy me a hat. Um, it's a metaphor. Also, uh, I'm not sure ditzy Rachel would have said that it's a metaphor daddy. I feel like they were giving her. Oh yeah. Because she comes, she gets dumber later and then smarter again. But either way, it was more of, like, we'd seen a little bit of development from Ross in that first scene of, like, I just want to be married. I don't care if she's a lesbian. I'll just marry, I keep, stay married to her. Um, and then Rachel being like, I'm unsatisfied with my life, so I'm going to run away from it. And, like, that's a pretty big disruption, right? Okay. Like, that's huge. Yes. I will say, I... Or not, I didn't leave anybody at the altar, but I was very much in a dissatisfied state of life, and sorry, Trevor just sent me a picture of him and the cat. <laughs> Tell him to stop interrupting, Trevor! It's not his fault, I looked at my phone. Uh, I was in a very, like, I need a change frame of mind when I was Rachel's age, so that really resonates with me. I packed up and moved 900 miles away from home. I moved to Nevada so, and then moved back. That so. was my big mid 20s. What the fuck am I doing with my life? Oh, hey, yeah, and you're still out here, so yeah. way to win. Right? Well, I mean, I still moved from Bend to Portland, but that yeah. my big move was to Reno and back, and it was pretty shitty. I don't know. Bend to Portland is still pretty significant. It's a nice uh, buffer. that she was running away like to, that to me does not feel like running away it feels like oh shit this is my chance to do something big and different yeah mm-hmm. for sure no for sure and that's why like I yeah I mean I really think that you get you get the most out of her right away and then this is the first time that we realize that Ross has no chill because like <laughs> you mean you didn't realize it when he came into the coffee shop and was yeah, like, like hi <laughs> But also, he's way too excited about Monica's date. He's like, Paul, the wine guy, my sister and I don't talk about significant others like that at all. I know that we have a very different relationship than a lot of siblings, but, like, we don't talk about... Also, Ugh. The, the, the question the question really is, like, how close are you with your brother? Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. I mean, they are only, I like... Love my brother. Yeah. But I'm not gonna talk to him about his dates. They are really close in age, though. Like I think they're. What would you? Aren't, don't you call that Irish twins? Irish twins. Yeah. No, my grandma and her next oldest sibling are Irish twins. Like for sure. Born within twelve months of each other. Yeah. Super creepy. I don't think Ross and Monica are that close. Well, no, because she's like a. She's like a junior or a senior in high school when he's a freshman in college when he comes back to, from... I think, no, I think the girls were juniors. Okay. Somebody fact check this. I think the girls were juniors and they went to the junior-senior prom with... Oh. Yeah. Chad, Chet. Chip. 
Chip, Chip and his <laughs> ch- a lipper from Chipper. Um, okay. So, um, well, so there's some issues with them. They don't age much. <laughs> Allison is looking this up, and you should see the look of disbelief on her face right now over the fact funny. that they're not in their mid twenties. There's they, no way they don't they don't age. Well, Ross doesn't have a birthday for like three seasons. Okay. His birthday actually changes too. We'll talk about this later. Um, okay, so next scene: Ross's apartment. The boys are helping him put some furniture together because Carol got all the furniture, and they say. Well, so she got the bookcases and the television and the whatever, and they and they ask him, well, what did you get? And he says, well, I got you guys. <laughs> Joey goes, well, you're screwed. Uh, but I do, we do have to point out that, like, Ross makes a joke about Carol drinking beer out of a can, and that's how he should have known that she was a lesbian. Wah, wah. I like beer out of a can. That's a bad joke. Yeah. I love ya. Um... And, again, this is my question of, like, if he gets the friends in the split, Carol obviously was a pretty big part of the group. I mean... Well, I mean, they were married, and right. how long were they married? At least a couple of years, because you graduate... You, most people graduate college at 22, and they met in college, and they're getting divorced at 26. So, yeah, I mean, pretty big. Um, and then the next couple of scenes are kind of interspliced between... Uh, Ross and the boys at his apartment, Rachel at the apartment leaving messages for Barry, um, Monica on her date, and now here's what's really funny, and this is sad, and I just noticed it, Phoebe is nowhere. I was thinking that the whole second half of the episode. Where's Phoebe's? So, she's kind of the disposable friend. Do you, do you remember when she talks about this? Oh, when you can lift right out because she's not related to yes. anybody. She's not, yeah, li- doesn't live across the yeah. hall. And by this time, she's moved out of the apartment with Monica because she did used to live there and moved back remember in with her. We were talking about how we were going to do this. Oh, Allison, go. Oh, because I, I think I have the ages of everyone if we wanted to go yeah, through that really go quick. For it. All right, it says Rachel was 24 in the pilot. Monica's age was supposed to be 24 at first in the pilot. And 34 in the finale, but later it was 25. And even later, before the season one finale, she was 26. So, inconsistencies, that's fine. Phoebe was 27 in the pilot. Joey was 25. Uh, Chandler was 26. And Ross was also 26. Turned 27 a month later in the pilot. And 37 in the finale. Okay, that doesn't make sense. That's but it's funny that Joey's 25 in the pilot and 36... Well, I guess you can go 11 years. It depends on where your birthday yeah. leans. But no, Monica... Yeah, Monica's age fluctuates because remember when she dates the... the then, somebody and, and she's like, well, what age could I pass for? And Phoebe goes, 26. And she goes, I am 26. <laughs> but I looked at another list that said Joey was 24. So, I don't know. It seems like these are up for debate. These are just rough ages, I think. Um, I think that they are supposed to be up for debate, but Rachel was the last one to turn 30. Yeah, because uh, Joey has a mental breakdown and blames God and, like, every... But we always know... I think we've always known... Well, no, so Phoebe's age actually changes because she never knew her birth certificate and her twin sister, Ursula, never told her that they're actually a year older than what she thought they were. 
So she turns 30. She goes to her sister's house to say happy birthday. And her sister says, why do you keep saying we're 30? We're 31. And she's like, I lost a whole year. I mean, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good little storyline, actually. Um, Okay, so within all of this cutting back and forth of this, like, next scene or whatever, uh, there's huge juxtaposition of uh, Ross staring out the window because they're talking about grabbing a spoon and Rachel staring out the window because she's just left the umpteenth message for Barry. So you're already basically like, oh, they're supposed to be together. Yes. But, like, I never, I mean, that's really, like, you just already told us that they're supposed to be together. Right. I mean, yeah. People who are supposed to be together, Chandler gives Paul the wine guy a lot of shit for being Monica's date. Oh, I'm sorry, what's your name? Paul, was it? Right. So. A little jealousy? A little bit of, maybe even subconscious jealousy. Yeah. I'll, I'll subconscious. Um, but the one note that I had to make about the date with Paul the wine guy is I found it so boring and I found Monica so gullible. Yes. I haven't had sex in two years, but maybe we should. What? What? I wasn't going to tell you that till date five, but, but if I'll a guy said to me that he couldn't ha- get it up for two years, I'd be like, bye. You, bye. You need to see a doctor. Call me after you have. <laughs> Because I'm not doing that for you. Um, all right. So the next day, Rachel makes coffee and it's terrible, which is, of course, going to be funny. What? It's foreshadowing for when she works at the coffee shop. Oh, yeah. Oh, for I sure. Mean, it's coming. Oh, it's coming. Um, Chandler and Joey are already there because no one has any boundaries. Like, none. It's not even, like, breakfast time in the morning and there are people sitting at the table. Dude, that don't live there. Right? Like, if yeah. if we had friends, I would kill them. Like, I don't even do that with... Well, I occasionally say good morning to you and Joey, and you, or vice versa, and all I get is a... Like... That's good morning. It's true. I mean, also, I, I, I've never been that close to any of my neighbors. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, and well... Were they friends before they moved in? Because I know Joey wasn't. No, I feel like it's by association. Oh no, because but That's right. Ross. Monica like no, Monica liked Joey. Oh, well, yeah. And then he went bare pickle in front of her. It we'll get to that. <laughs> um, okay. So, we kind of find out about people's jobs. Joey's an actor and I put it in quotation marks because actor actor. Actor. What's a little boy? <laughs> the Pinocchio thing. Um, Chandler hates his job. Monica likes hers. Although I don't think she's actually said what she does. It's just more that she goes, oh, no, I have a job. We all have jobs. Uh, But here's something funny, and I literally didn't notice it until I was watching it. I came running out into the living room to accost Allison. Monica is eating a Pop-Tart. This will come into play in a few minutes. She's eat. She grabs it out of the cupboard. She has a glass of juice, and she's eating an unfrosted... Pop-Tart. Okay. Unfrosted all, and unfrosted untoasted? Unfrosted Pop-Tarts are the devil. Unfrosted and untoasted. Oh, you said yeah. toasted. I will say that I do prefer them toasted, but let me tell you, when I was a teenager, uh, especially in high school, my mom would just, bo- like, throw a box of Pop-Tarts at me, and I would literally just leave them in my locker at school. Yeah. We'd just eat them constantly. 
Anyway. Frosted brown sugar. Yeah. So, um, let's see here. Monica and Rachel are BFFs, and Rachel says she's going to get a job thing. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. I just... I would like to have a job thing. You'd like to have a job thing? I, I want to know what I'm that is. I'm looking for a full-time job thing. A job thing. Right? Um... Uh, so we cut to the restaurant where basically Monica's coworker just says, you had sex. And she's like, how did you know that? And I mean, maybe because her skin was like glowing and rosy. And I don't, I mean, I'm, I don't know. Oh, that's true. The grin that makes it look like she had a hanger in her mouth. That's gross. That's actually kind of gross. Um, so she figures out that it was a line from Paul that he's actually told to other people. And Joey says, I can't believe you didn't know it was a line. And she pushes him off the couch, which is one of my favorite things. A fairy song. Oh, yeah. Um, and then let's see here. Oh, Rachel comes in with a shopping bag. Retail That's therapy. what you do when you try and get a job. I mean, I know we've done it. What? Retail therapy? When I first moved up here, I went to go interview for one of the stores in the Washington Square Mall. And even after the interview, I literally walked next door to one of the shoe stores because I was like, well, if I'm going to have to stand up for a retail job, I'm going to need a new pair of shoes. I did not have the job. I did not have a job. And I bought new shoes. I would say at least one third of the purses I own were things I bought because I was sad. (laughs) That shopping is real. <laughs> oh my they god! Were on sale. If that's any like help. Oh, she even says it. She says, "Joan, jo- Joan, and David boots, fifty percent off." I got new boots, boots. <laughs> like, I love her. Everything always is a theme. Here's something I didn't notice until last night. Uh, it's not a shopping bag. It looks like a gift bag that you would give to someone as a present. It's like floral. It doesn't have a brand. I mean, obviously, it doesn't have a brand name on it. But how do you not just like how? Maybe bougie stores give out their... They send you home with gift bags rather than, like, branded shopping bags. Bougie stores in... Oh, come on, you know she went to a bougie store. Right. Bougie stores in the West Village of New York City. Um, Okay, so then they take Rachel up to have an intervention about her credit cards. Intervention. Intervention. There's a... Yes, Kathleen... Oh, for sure. I feel like the interventions in Friends come in, like, either very organically, where they're like, you can't see this guy anymore because he did this thing or something. Um, But I do think it's funny that as she's, like, having this breakdown of, no, please don't cut up my credit cards, the, like, we now have Phoebe giving her whole character development in, like, a 15-second speech of... Oh, when I was 14 and moved to the city because I was homeless because my stepdad was in jail and my mom was dead and I lived with this guy in a car and Rachel's just like, oh my God, what have I done? Like, what? I feel like the writers felt bad for skipping over Phoebe for so long. And they just made her word vomit her history, like, real quick and get it out there. Um, But then, of course, uh, we have Monica saying the ideal line from the, you know, the whole encompassing of this series, which is, welcome to the real world. It sucks. You're going to love it. 
Yeah. Have we all felt that way recently? Like, That's too oh real. the being an adult effing sucks. Thank you. Um, I don't to eat ice cream for breakfast, so I guess it balances out. <laughs> well, their salt and straw has a bourbon and coffee uh, ice cream, and I've definitely eaten it for breakfast before. You also don't live with your mom who says you can't eat raw cookie dough. <gasps> True story. Um, yeah. All right, so we kind of wrap it up raw with... Yeah. Huh? Yeah, raw cookie Oh, yeah. My mom's like, it's got raw eggs in it. You really shouldn't eat it. I did it anyway. Right. But she said I shouldn't. I mean... You're still here. You're not dead. Yeah. No salmonella. It's good for my constitution. Grab a spoon with us. <laughs> Grab a spoon. Um, so Monica smashes Paul's watch, which they find on the ground, which is symbolic. But here's the thing that really drove me crazy about this. We, we don't know it yet, but we will. Monica's OCD would never have allowed her to leave those watch bits on the living room floor. Never in a million years. Well, she probably came back after him. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, good. She brought her, her little, uh, what was the little tiny vacuums? Oh. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? The little dirt, dirt devil, dust devils, they were the yeah. little tiny, oh yeah. god, we had one. I think we're going to have to have like a conversation about what OCD is and isn't though at some point. Oh, she and, and, has and, OCD. In their portrayal oh. of her. Well, I guess that's true. She is more, no, she's, well, she's compulsively clean in a way that it, it manifests as why she's also skinny. So it's not that she turns lights on and off and that means no one in her family dies OCD. She's obsessive about cleanliness because if she's not, her mom judges her. And her mom judged her for being fat in the first place. Uh, it feels like it's not necessarily OCD. That feels like it's deceited uh, emotional issues that yeah, stem that's from true. her complicated no, you're relationship right. with no, her you're also, she gets pissed off if you put the pen in the wrong spot. It's pretty... There are some things where she almost... Like, if things she aren't right, she right, has she issues. She walked in and said, did you clean? <laughs> right. She can actually tell if someone's cleaned her house in the wrong way. I love that. If I walked in here and it was clean, I'd just be like, did we hey, hire someone? Have you robbed? <laughs> I don't know. At, at some point, though, I think we should definitely, like... Oh, I know. The term is used. It's used incorrectly. We should look at that. That yeah, seems so, like an interesting thing to talk about. Um, so... Everybody starts getting ready to go to bed, and Ross and Rachel split the last Oreo. He says, I used to have a crush on you, and she says, I know. <laughs> He's such an idiot. Um, and then asks if he can ask her out sometime. She says, maybe, and he's like, well, maybe I will. And then just sits back, and I'm like, "That was your no, point. do it. That You should have kissed her. <laughs> that was a signal. That was... That was the signal. Not that he should have kissed her, because she did just run out. I mean, she just leave a long-term relationship. But I feel like he definitely could have made a little bit more of an effort. And then he goes to leave, and Monica says, what are you smiling about? And he goes, I grabbed a spoon. Um, the spoon metaphors are insane. Right? The sp- grab a spoon. Well, yeah, because Joey's calling women flavors of ice cream. Bing! Cherry yeah. vanilla. Uh... How do we not jokingly, how does he not say Bing Cherry Vanilla and, because we don't know that that's Chandler's last name. That's a horrible last name. I know. Uh, what does he call it? He says Gaelic for thy turkey's done. That's what he, yeah. There, I'll, we'll get to that. Uh, and then we cut to, we're back at Central Perk and Rachel is serving coffee. coffee. So much coffee. Right. So that is the pilot of Friends. Him 
premium pilot. Wee! Okay, so it opens with an older Ted, who we don't see, his kids, who are sitting on a black leather couch, very coffee shop. Just going to put that out there. Um, and the kids are not amused. So how do you guys feel about this kind of cold open? I don't know. I liked it. It felt like something I hadn't seen before at that point. Kathleen? It was very, like, coming down to the kids. I mean, you still never see the dad. Yeah. Um, and it, it was very interesting. But once he started talking, it made sense. Like, yeah. sit down, I'm going to tell you how I met your mother. But doesn't it feel weird to say that, like, because you, you look at the girl, and she's got to be, what, 16? And the guy, the boy's yeah. 12. Yeah. I get that, like, my parents, so my parents divorced when I was three. But, like, even with all of that... I know that they met in, like, the eighth grade, and they, like, went to dances together, and their song was... So, like, how how do you not already know how your parents met? I mean... Because we don't know when the mom died. I guess so, that's... Tr- no, because she says mom's been gone for six years, which means so, she was, like, ten, and the boy was, like, six. Four? No, because I think he's twelve or thirteen. And okay, no, I get it. They're that young. They probably know snippets, but maybe they don't know the whole story from the start to That's true. Finish. Okay, all right. That I answers. My parents but, met oh. full-fledged until a little bit later. I mean, there were some questionable things in how they met, so. <laughs> um, so one thing I wanted to say about the length of the opening, I it feels a little bit like a frame narrative to me. I'm going to be a little nerdy here for a second. You nerd. But it's like a story within a story. Like, the main storyline is that he's talking to his kids and right. telling his story, but then the story, the story is the story is. that he's telling, right. if that makes sense. No, it is. It's like when a... It's kind of cool. It's like when a, mo- like a movie within a movie or when a book is... Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so he sets the scene that he that it's 2005. He's living in New York City with Lillian Marshall. He's 27. <gasps> Allison. Ted Mosby, architect. And, uh, but I, that was really funny. If you watch really closely the montage of pictures as he's talking about that, there's one where there's like literally four girls sitting on his lap. So like he was having a good time. I mean, we've all been there. Oh, he was having a good time. (laughs) Um, and the first disruption is Marshall proposing to Lily. Mm -hmm. And it sounds. No, Marshall proposing to Ted. Well, that's true too. Will you marry me? Hey, I've, I've proposed to you. I'm just saying. Yeah, but Um, you were serious. Um. (laughs) So, and then that puts him on the whole of, like, what was I doing that night? Oh, I called your Uncle Barney. <laughs> That's such a good idea. Um, and we hear the very first, this is literally, like, we're probably only, like, three, or we're less than five minutes in, and we hear the very first suit up. Because he's getting a straight razor shave, which, by the way, is super creepy. Like, it's so, I can't even watch it. It makes me think of a pirate ship. Um, it makes me think of, uh... What's the Broadway musical about the barber? Oh, Sweeney the Demi- Todd. Sweeney. Yeah. Oh, all I can think of is Sweeney Todd. It, like, I, um, but so anyway, so he's gonna hang out with Barney. So they go to the they go to the bar, um, and basically through like this you know very small conversation, it's Ted wants to be married. Marriage equals happiness. So again, Ted equals Ross? Question mark. Ted equals but Ross. Also, um, 
you keep saying marriage equals happiness, but also marriage equals success. No, for real. I mean, it is. It's that, like, pinnacle, because he says it later. He's like, I figured I'd be, you know, I'd get my architecture license. I'd build my first building. I'd get married. I'd have kids. Like, It's a social commodity. No, for sure. I I said that when we were talking about Ross, too, but I don't think it came through. Yeah. But it's very much not just happiness, because I, I don't know about you, but I know some people that are married that are not happy. Oh, for sure. But they have successful marriages, and they have successful lives, so it's like that dual layer. Yeah. Um, so Ted says Marshall is his best friend, and he's worried about losing him, and of course Barney freaks out, and it's like, say, I'm your best, best friend, say, I'm your best friend, and all I can think of is the triangle we will see later that is Chandler, Joey, and Ross, because oh, they change who is, like, BFFs. All the time. It's pretty funny. And then, of course, we have the very first, have you met Ted? So, um, and then we cut and we get to meet Lily, um, who's been sexually assaulted by a kindergartner (laughs) who grabbed her boob. Um, And, you know, they're talking, they're about to make dinner, and then Ted's explaining his dream wedding. So, for me, this was a little bit... These first, like, the first scene is, you know, again, like, I almost feel like, I don't want to say scene for scene, but there's a lot of, like, we're meeting all the characters at once, but then we're cutting back and forth to what each of them are doing at the exact same time, and, uh, like, who our plot lines revolve around, and how many plots are going on, and besides, like, knowing that Barney wears suits, and he's kind of a douchebag we don't really learn a whole lot about him he's kind of the phoebe of the episode uh i was well yeah but i was also kind of thinking that robin was the the one that didn't get talked about a ton mostly because she hasn't entered the scene yet right no and it yeah i just mean for somebody who's in like one of the very first scenes you still don't like Barney is very one-dimensional right away. Like, he's just, he wants Lebanese girls, and, oh, you know, she's dirty. Like, he's just, he's Joey. He's just a pervert. Um, He's a 19-year-old boy. Yeah. Um, I think he's in his 30s already, isn't he? Yeah, because he's older than them. Yeah. Um, Super horn dog. Yeah. And then... um, Anyway, so Ted's explaining his dream wedding as you cut to Marshall and Lily talking about the champagne bottle. He gets down on one knee and basically at the same time, like, says, will you marry me? And Ted's being like, oh, this is really romantic, a guy, like, talking about his dream wedding. Um, And then uh, they, oh, so then Marshall Marshall and Lily have sex on the kitchen floor with Ted asked them not to do. And Lily says... Did you know there's a pop tart under your fridge? So, uh, I'm actually pulling up the Friends episode right now because I need to see this. She's eating a pop tart. I'm not joking with you. I need you, but I'm gonna pull it up anyway. She's eating a pop tart. Um, Ted asks asks the girl yeah. out, who turns out to be Carl's girlfriend, Carl the bartender. Are you still pulling it up because you don't believe me? 
No, I'm pulling it up because I have to, like, have the evidence. <laughs> okay. Um, so what I will say is I feel like for this episode, just even looking at my notes, there's a ton of stuff that happens in this pilot. And we really can't go through, like, every single thing. Huh? There's so much that happened. I actually watched them in the opposite order. I watched him in first, and then I watched Friends, and I was like, oh, my God, Friends is dragon. (laughs) (laughs) So much information. So much information from... Yeah, they've already been in the apartment, the bar, the apartment again. Now they're going to get into a cab because they have to go to the ER because... Marshall hit Lily in the eye with the champagne cork, Mm -hmm. which, I'm sorry, that could, like, seriously take out your eye. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not, it's pretty bad. Um, But Ted and Barney are still at the bar, and Ted says, okay, I'm ready. Where is she? Pan to Robin. I mean, Robin does come in, like, it's not, she's not Rachel running through the door in a wedding dress, but she does come in fairly quickly. It's just that we're we're still seeing so much more of, like, Marshall and Lily that it maybe feels like we don't get to know her that well. Um, Let's see here. Ted and Robin have some banter. He asks her out. She throws the drink in his face to make her friends happy. With permission. Huh? Like, with permission. That was actually his idea. Oh, yeah. Um, And then Barney wants to go to laser tag. And I'm going to say we need to talk about that for a second. (laughs) So... He's even, he even yells at a kid for, like, not, oh, I killed you, you, I'm gonna go tell your mom. So Barney is the eternal child, and that's fine. But is there something creepy about a 30-something man playing laser tag with, with, like, preteen and teenage children? Like, no? Yeah, I mean, yes, but I'm gonna refer back to his actual mental age. That's true. Yeah. He's still a child. He's not... I mean, and he's clearly not trying to pick up on kids, be perverted. No. Like, yeah. He's it's very much the there That's true. to play laser tag. It's about his childhood, like, yeah. or, yeah, his... Also, laser tag is actually fun. No, I know it is, and I haven't played it in years. We used to have a laser tag arena in Bend, and now it's, like, the Dollar Tree or some crap. Can you please go? It's not there anymore. No, you ding down when I come up to Portland. Do we have one up here? I'm sure we do. Why would we not? I mean, it's Portland. I'm Googling it. We're going to find out. But I will, we'll, we could go to Ground Control and play uh, Pac-Man. Um, I love Ground Control. Right? So, uh, Robin and Ted go on a date, and Ted has no chill. There are at least three. Okay. Oh my god, it's a fucking Pop-Tart. I told you! <laughs> okay, but back to Ted. Sorry. Ted that and his no chill. Because someone with no chill says Smurf penis. I thought that was okay. funny, though. It is funny... But, like, it's super embarrassing. After he gave his entire detailed wedding. Well, that was to a different girl, though. That was to a different girl. You know, to a different girl, but he had already he had already done that by the point the date happened, because the date happened the next day. No, but when he's talking to that girl, I feel like he, he almost, without knowing that she was Carl's girlfriend, maybe was like, oh, I'm never going to go home with this girl, so I'm just going to be myself. With Robin, he's like, oh, my God, I like her so much already, I have no chill. Smurf penis. Smurf penis. He doesn't like Robin. He loves her. He, he loves her. Uh, yeah, I would do exactly what she did if someone said, I love you to me on a first date. Please take your olives and kindly leave her. 
And I'm sorry, at that moment, your accent made it so much better. <laughs> it really did. Um, okay, so. so I'd probably take the olives back. Right? Just get I'll out, dude. Just get out. Because, because I'm also, I'm going to throw this out. We're using food as a ridiculous metaphor again. Because she's like, oh, I've got this can of olives in my apartment. Do you want to come check it out? Ooh. <laughs> Olive theory. Olive. Okay, so that's what I think about the olives. Right. Um, okay, so we learn more about Robin. She has five dogs. Uh, this is going to come up later. We have very we have questions about Robin and her five dogs There's in a New York City apartment. No way she's claiming them on the lease. Number one, I have not found an apartment yet that allows more than two animals. And furthermore, most of them have weight restrictions. While we're on the subject of unrealistic New York apartments, every single one of them? I mean, Barney lives in a McMansion apartment. Yeah, but Barney also makes a ton of money like Chandler does. It's just that Chandler has to support Joey. Well, right. You you have to support your lesser-income partner. (laughs) Heterosexual life, mate. True story. Love you. (laughs) Okay, also, Monica's apartment, and I understand that it's rent-controlled. We're not talking about dollars here. Her apartment is almost the size of my house. Yeah, it's at least the size of, like, part of our upstairs. Like, my room, the living room, and the dining room and kitchen combined. Yes. Like, possibly even the entire upstairs. Probably your whole house, because it's technically a two-bedroom. And so is Ted and Marshall and Lily's apartment. Yeah. No, it's true. Ridiculous well, expectations. At this point, Lily has her own apartment, though. On a kindergartner's... Uh, uh, does she? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it later that comes up that she still wanted to keep her independence, but she... It, remember, because it got, gets turned into a Chinese restaurant. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, I know that she had her own apartment. I just didn't... I thought she was already living with Marshall. Yeah. So, um... We, yeah, we're going to have to take a break in a minute and, like, yeah, so, okay, so hold on, Kathleen, we have to stop and restart, so just do it. Okay. Um, oh, so, okay, we're back. So, we're learning about Robin, we've already talked about five dogs. She loves scotch, and she can quote Ghostbusters, which is not a movie I give a shit about, really. Not anything I hear about. Right. Um, it actually kind of surprises me, so if she's, like, a 25, 26-year-old in 2005, why would she have liked Ghostbusters? I mean, I get, well, no, maybe that's right. That's my age. Yeah. Okay, that's right. I mean, I watched it as a kid, I just, it scared me a little. Um. Yeah, and, and I didn't fangirl over it. Yeah, so, and then we, uh, we learned about the Olive Theory. So, Ted walks her back home, she has to go to work. He doesn't kiss her. When he gets home and explains it to Marshall and Lily, Lily says, so you chickened out like a little bitch. (laughs) So I do love Lily for saying some of that stuff. Um, Oh, and then he calls Barney, who's at laser tag. And so then this is when Robin... Well, he calls Barney because he didn't want to take advice from Lily and Marshall. He's like, what do you guys know? You've been together since you were freshmen in college. And she's like, well, if you don't believe us, call... Wouldn't she call him the least qualified single person or something? Yeah, or like the most single person or something that we know, call him. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then 
<laughs> we have the very first, and I do actually love this, that Barney leans over and kisses Marshall. <laughs> it was a good moment. Like, <laughs> my favorite moment was full like, on, just, and Mark, I didn't give him the single signal, Lily, I swear. <laughs> like, Marshall's so sweet that he's even worried that Lily, like, thinks that he cheated because Barney kissed him without consent. Like, without yeah. consent. And as much as it pains me to say that, I mean, it doesn't pain me. I love this part. I really, really respect that Ted was, like, waiting for a signal and consent. Like, I love that, but also, like, dude, you missed the boat. Oh, yeah. Like... She she was giving him signal at so the restaurant. Signals. Like, you want my olives? Like, yeah, dude. That's have olives. that's an invitation if I ever hear one. Um, she put on sexy music, right? I mean, oh no, that hasn't happened yet. Oh, oh, okay. Let's so he says, "Well, I'll go on a date with her in a week," and Barney says, "A week? That's like a year in hot girl time." <laughs> so we've established that Robin's hot. Um, I mean. Robin's hot. She is hot. No, I agree. She's just not my... Lily's my cup of tea. Not Robin. I'm just saying. Um, so Robin's on yeah. the news that's playing in the bar. And then... Uh, so Marshall tries to counsel him against it, but basically with everybody else like kind of cheering him on, he decides to take the leap. And for Ted, that's love and marriage. And Barney says, well, that's death. <laughs> but death is marriage for Barney. So... He said something. He said he does equate it to that, but because he's talking about the guy that didn't jump off the bridge. Well, I'm going to take the leap, and Barney's bad metaphor. metaphor. But Barney still is like, oh, like happy. uh, He finally he finally says congratulations to Lily and Marshall about getting engaged. But he really does think that marriage equals death. Um. Barney says suit up again, and we learn that he has a blog. How many of us have had a blog before? I'm going to tell you that I had a blog that I put two injuries on, and one of them, Trevor read, and that shit still gets held over my head. <gasps> no! This is yes, the- and, okay, so, <sighs> I wrote, <laughs> this is so lame, but I'm going to tell you anyway, I wrote that I love raspberries, you know, like, Lift up your shirt, blow on your belly, raspberries. Oh my god. Trevor read that. And he, every time he goes to give me a raspberry, he's like, oh, come on, you like it. I read it in your blog. <laughs> no, that's and I'm so like, mean. If you can find that on the internet again, you get a million points, but stop it. So I've had like two or three word plus. WordPress blogs over the years. I had one for Pure Romance. I had one for LuLaRoe. I had a personal one. But, like, at one point, MySpace was almost its own. Like, you were, you, you were, doing you were blogging. It. Like, oh, that's what your MySpace, updates. MySpace, it was Zynga. Well, okay, so Zynga wasn't an actual blog. Zynga was an actual blog. Yeah, I had one of those. I don't remember if I ever posted to it, but I had one. Yeah. No, I wrote something on MySpace about a boyfriend, and I thought he wasn't reading it, and I basically said that I had fallen in love with him, and he held that over my head. Oh, surprise! Mm. Uh, Ted goes and steals the blue French horn, and goes to Robin's apartment, which 
is a little stalkerish. Like again, it's also really, really weird that every single one of his friends piled into the cab. Wait, like, again. You want to go see this girl? Let's all go. You want to go see if I get asked up at midnight and get to shag? Like they, they're very. There's no boundaries. No boundaries. No boundaries. There's no boundaries anywhere no. in New York. Apparently. That's oh what God I no. Um, and Ted tells Marshall to remember this when he's the best man at their wedding. He's known Robin for a day, and he wants to marry her. probably didn't talk to her because, oh, they want to update my computer. Another time. Stand by. (laughs) (laughs) We are so going to get this technology figured out before the next one, I swear to God. Probably not. Um, anyway, so... There's a little conversation between Marshall, Marshall and Lily and Barney, and then Ted does go upstairs after making all the dogs bark, um, like... Because he flashed the blue French horn. Well, yeah, no, he rings the doorbell and the dogs bark, and then she's like, Ted, and then, yeah, he gets invited up. So, there's, like, some sexy jazz gets put on, she's gonna make martinis, and then we cut to the cab where Barney is calling out Marshall for eating olives at a Spanish tapas restaurant. You ate olives? Well, because Lily bailed out of the car. She couldn't handle any more Barney. Oh, yeah. She's reached her Barney limit. Um, And so I actually had to write down the quote. Marshall says, I was 18. I was a virgin. Been waiting my whole life for a pretty girl. Want my olives. Uh, so it turns out Marshall likes olives, Lily likes olives, the olive theory is a little debunked, although you and I play the olive theory all the time, mm-hmm. because uh, Allison likes, or I like a lot of the candy that Allison doesn't, so if anybody gives us Halloween candy that is a Butterfinger, it's mine. Yeah. It's the olive theory. It's the Butterfinger theory. But if there are any hey, Hershey's chocolate the bars, they're mine. Huh? What? What is the candy that Allison likes? Oh, Anything that's just pure chocolate, like the Hershey's bars, I will do crunch bars. They're tainted with the crunches, but it's fine. Um, M&M's. M&M's are also mine. Oh, M&M's are great. But see, I do actually like all those things. It's more that I know that I can't have all the candies, so she gets those and I take the Butterfingers. I do love Butterfingers. Butterfingers are disgusting. Oh, and then the peanut butter. I love peanut butter and she doesn't. Chico sticks. Chico sticks. Um, basically, Lily comes back and they explain about the olives, even though Barney has been like, don't get married, and Lily says, we'll make it work. So, we've kind of established that they're a very high uh, example to come up to. Like, this may be why Ted is going so insane, is that Marshall and Lily are unattainable. Well, and also, they've already been together almost a decade. You know, they met the first week of freshman year of college, and they're 27-ish. Yeah. So, no. they've been together forever. They're way past, like, all of theories, and should I steal this girl a blue French horn? They're like, yeah, this is what we're going to do with the rest of our life. We're going to be together, and we'll make it work. Yeah. Um. So, Ted... And Robin are talking about, you know, I like your eyes. I like your nose. I think I'm in love with you. And I just love that it cuts to everyone. The kids, like, the 
you're, it cuts back to the bar where everyone's sitting around the table so they're not in the cab anymore because he's retelling it already. And then Robin going, what? Just the best. I would not. I mean, just hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a cute guy, but I still think you could have, like, no, I mean, I'm, the cutest guy kidding. tell me that, and I'd be like, we need to take a break. <laughs> We were on a break. We were on a break. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say that there's going to be a lot of snorting during this. It's going to happen, and I can't make it there's stop. There's two of us that will be snorting at right. some point. Um, anyway, so at this point, though, if you're in real time, Ted is up in Robin's apartment, and they're like, she's like, you, you love me? You don't even know me. And everyone is still down in the cab. Mm-hmm. So it's been like 20 minutes. So, yeah. So A, the, the taxi would be so expensive. Well, unless it's paid by the mile instead of the minute. Go, Allison. Okay, I just want to, like, quickly insert, this is where we meet one of my favorite side characters, Ranji. Yes! <laughs> I was just about to pull him in. No, it I is funny, him. like, upon rewatching it a couple of times, you you forget some characters, like, you'll see them later, like, during the um, New Year's Eve episode when he drives them around, or other times where you're like, oh yeah, Ranjit, but then to realize, like, he's literally in the pilot, like, mm-hmm. he, they already had this, like, a stab, I mean, that, that's some good writing on, on behalf of Craig Thomas and Carter Bates. There's no Gunther in the first, first episode. Oh, that's true! Mm-hmm. Gunther! So- the guy that manages and owns the coffee shop. He and comes back like, in a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. he loves Rachel, and he used to be a soap star, so he gives Joey, like, advice. He really was a soap star, like, the actual yeah. actor was. like, in real life. So, the fact that How I Met Your Mother pulled in a strong side character mm-hmm. right away. Yeah. One serious point. Well, and you meet Carl the bartender, because he even goes, you should have kissed her. Uh, by the Sorry. way... I won a radio trivia contest in Bend one time with um, Friends Trivia. I won Friends that. Trivia one time. <gasps> oh, that's right. The one I couldn't come to. Wasn't Jamie there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, damn it. Yeah, it's me and Jamie and Sydney. If that ever happens up here, if there's a Friends Trivia, we're going. Okay. Um, okay, so we need to get this wrapped up. So basically, she kicks him out. Um, he starts to leave, and then he turns back around and gives this big speech about not being good at sing- being single and blah 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 no chill no chill just walk away yeah, from the girl so walk happy. away and but then yeah that's like he was laying himself out he i mean he's never gonna see this girl again in his life but he's like this is my moment i'm having my aha come to jesus whatever i don't want to be single i want to be married i can relate yeah, but you want to be married to a person you've been with for a while. He wants to be married with any to anything that walks. Hot okay, take. Ted is true, thirsty. But... <laughs> Ted is thirsty. <laughs> what? Ted is super thirsty for a wife. Oh yeah. I love that. That's the new phrase. I really do. <laughs> well, it's not really that new. I think you are a little out of touch with the youths. I only listen to NPR. Um. <laughs> anyway, so do it. so the, it ends at the or basically ends at the bar marshall gets some champagne to toast lily because now they're engaged carl says you should have kissed her oh, oh no 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 we're gonna backtrack to the first round of champagne yes 
I feel like we've, okay, we are really in depth with friends, and we're busting through How I Met Your Mother. So next time we'll start, we'll start with him next time. Okay, that sounds fair. Okay. The first round of champagne happened in the apartment after Marshall asked Lily to marry him, and he, like, handed her the champagne bottle because he couldn't open it. He's a chicken. And then he did open it, and he beamed her in the eye. And they got the first cab. Yeah, I'm pretty afraid to open them, I will say. I mean, I'm terrified. I'm sure it's not a lot doing that. Right. But desperate times call for desperate measures, so I got some kitchen towels. <laughs> but that, oh. they ended up in the first cabin. They went to the emergency room, and Lily had a pirate patch. Yeah. For, like, half of the episode. Oh, she took it off in the second cab with Ranjit because Barney kept making pirate jokes. Right. Yeah. Yo-ho-ho and a bottle of rum. Um... But I just love that Barney is actually the one that says, Ted, we're not talking about you anymore. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, aw, Barney. He might not like love marriage, it. but he loves Lily and Marshall. And then Ted says, and that, kids, is how I met your Aunt Robin. And they, like, freak out. You're like, what? I thought this was how you met Mom. That was a really big, I was really, I mean, again, I didn't watch it when it was on air. So to see it hindsight, I don't know how I missed that spoiler, like, through social media. I missed it, though. Oh, so yeah. I had a real what-the-fuck moment. Yeah. he was like, back to Aunt Robin. All right, I guess we're rolling with it. So, like, I knew some of the spoilers of the end of the series because, like, it was already out, and then I was waiting for it to come to Netflix, and I think Mike had accidentally, like, told me what happens or something, but I do know that one of the other pods I listened to, somebody actually went on, like, a, a year-long hiatus of, I think she was still kind of on social media, but she was actively avoiding finding out the end of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> but again, that's the whole thing, like... Oh, I, I was too, because I was behind. Right. But no, that's, like, the whole thing of how I was so involved with the end of Friends that, I mean... I think I probably would have quit my job if they had been like, you have to come to work tonight. I'd been like, no, I don't. Like, I don't. I had a viewing party. I had multiple people at my house. We made pizza. I cried. I still cry. I still cry. I still cry. Um, Okay, let's wrap this up real quick. We're going to do your friend of... We didn't even talk about about Robin being on the TV, being like that little spoiler of, oh, Ted loves... Um, like kismet shit he's like this is meant to be yeah well it's meant to be because Robin's gonna be in his life forever because they're gonna be best friends and then he like I don't know I just I think I think we blazed through this one we're doing How I Met Your Mother first next time yes that's fine I agree ah. fine. um okay so friend of the day um do you want me to go first? Yeah. So mine is actually, I, I went with Monica. Just, okay. I love that she instantly lets Rachel move in, tries to comfort Ross, and is trying to find love, even though she's terrible at it. Okay. Yeah. And I love that, too, because, A, she didn't get invited to Rachel's wedding. <laughs> like I'd be so mad wouldn't you you, you know what we're talking about you'd be so mad if she was like can I come live with you even though I didn't invite you to my wedding or I haven't you know what I mean if I haven't spoken to you in years I'm just saying 
We all have that friend, right? Are we talking about a friend from my past? Yes. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> I mean, we all have that friend. We all have that friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I might actually be that friend to some people. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm an okay, well, before this gets too therapy-ish, um, <laughs> is that your same one as Monica, or you have a different one? Controversial pick. <gasps> I'm gonna say Barney because when he when Ted calls him, he's there. He's playing laser tag. He drops it and meets That's him true. in the next 15 minutes, and he's like doing his best to t- say, "Ted, you're not even 30 yet. It's fine that you're not married. You don't have to get married until you're 30." And Ted, let me help you. Like, let me help you network. Let me help you meet these ladies. Have you met Ted? Network. Let me um, help you network. <laughs> it's a good call for it. No, it's true. I mean, he's sleazy about it, but, like, he really, in this episode alone, because he's not always a good friend, Right. he really shows how invested he is in Ted's life. Well, in all of theirs, really, because, like... Yeah, and at the end of the episode, he, like, makes Ted stop whining so that they can properly toast Lily and Marshall. It's true. Yeah. All right, Kathleen, you have to pick one. Okay. I am going to pick Chandler. Because, Why? because, I love that he has a secret little girl crush on Monica. I'm just saying. Yeah. And it very much came through, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna remind you that I was watching Friends when I was in high school. High school when I had lots of secret crushes on lots of secret people, mm. and I didn't tell anybody. So, um, I, I, it still needs a lot of development. As far as Chandler's concerned, yeah, I'm good. Um, but that, to me, like every time I watch the beginning of Friends, like the first season, I see a lot of Chandler uh, in myself. So I just kind of gravitate towards him sometimes. So my mom and I have both taken the um, which friend is your like love match, and we both got Chandler. Just saying. My mom and I both like guys that will make us laugh in that sense because we both have very obnoxious laughs. So if a guy will make me laugh and then also still like my laugh, that's okay. Um, so I had an idea. The other thing we were going to do, the character comparison, I say let's wait and let's put it on either Instagram or Twitter of like who we each think is like the crossover, who re- represents whom. From just the one episode. Yes. And we're going to revisit it later, I feel like, maybe halfway through the season or towards the season finale. We're going to be like, now that we know them better, do you agree with the thing that you first came up with? So don't say it, because we're going to put it online. I'm not going to say it. Okay. All right, well, on that note, do you want to give out all of the social media links? So we're on Twitter right now. It's... At? At... I forgot! (laughs) Somebody pull it up! Okay, we ha- it's how I met your friends pod at gmail.com if you want to email us. So it's the full name of the show, How I Met Your Friends Pod. And then on Twitter, we are. No, just do How I Met. It's H I M Y F, right? I'm just going to look at a followers list. I can't spell. 
How about your friends pod? Okay. H-I-M-Y friends pod. H-I-M-Y friends pod on Twitter. So, um, yeah. Come find us. There's going to be lots of fun debates about, you know, we're not saying one show is better than the other. Absolutely not. We all like these shows. We, I mean, but we don't necessarily like them equally. We like them differently. We like them very differently. And obviously your, your first love is always hard to replace, and my first love is friends. But um, we're going to have lots of fun talking about, like, the differences, the similarities, the crossovers, the guest stars, the plot lines, the borrowing. It's going to be so much fun. Um, but we're at like an hour and a half, kids, so I think it's time to go. <laughs> it's also way past my bedtime. <gasps> That's true. Lini, I'm so happy you stayed up with us. And I am too. I, it was, I, words are hard. Words um, are hard. I am really glad that we did this tonight instead of last night because I was exhausted and I was really excited because Trevor came home. And Shut up. I just went to bed. I know. Um, okay. Well, have a good day tomorrow. I get to play with baby Milo tomorrow night, which is very exciting. I got to see the baby's profile. I'll send you lots of pictures of baby Milo. Okay. Okay. All right. Are we good? Yeah. We good? All right. Everybody clap it out. (laughs) All right. Um, let's hit stop.